Welcome to the Think Yourself Healthy podcast, where we challenge you to think differently about your approach to health and wellness. My name is Heather Duranja, and I'm excited to be here with you to take you on the journey from surviving to thriving. Hello, everybody. On today's episode of Think Yourself Healthy podcast, I have a special guest. Her name is Alex Nielsen. Alex was diagnosed with autoimmune Graves disease at 22 years old. She couldn't believe that this, this was so young and that this is what she was going to have to look forward to in her life. And she thought, no, there has to be more for me. She has been searching for ways to heal holistically and stumbled upon the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. And it has absolutely changed her life. She wants to share her healing journey and hope that it can give hope to others who are on a similar journey. Alex, thank you so much. It is such an honor to have you today on the show so that we can talk about your journey and what brought you to getting diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, what the doctors told you your prognosis was going to be, and then how you were able to intervene and take holistic measures to turn your future around. So I'm so excited to share your journey. Alex reached out to me on Instagram and sent me a message and my heart was literally so touched. She sent this beautiful message about her story and pictures and I literally was in tears and disbelief. The whole reason I developed this podcast were for individuals exactly like you. And the fact that you found it, you utilized it, you put action behind it, and you have been able to change the trajectory of your future is all I could ever hope for. So thank you so immensely for the validation and the work that I do by reaching out and sharing your story with me. And I'm excited for everyone today to get to hear your personal story. So thank you, Alex. It means a lot. Oh, thank you so much for having me on, Heather. Um, likewise, you have just absolutely validated everything I'm doing because it has been a very lonely journey, but it has been the most fulfilling. Um, so I'm very excited to be on here today, and it's such an honor to talk to you today. <laughs> you are just amazing, girl. I am so impressed with your resilience. Amazing. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what kind of what happened? What led up to you getting this um, diagnosis? So um, basically, I I have had like heart palpitations my whole life. Um, I've always had anxiety. I've never been I've diagnosed clinically, but I always knew that I had it. I've always been anxious, always been at the edge of my seat. Um, and then all of a sudden within like, I don't know, it was the end of 2019, I started getting really bad, like stomach issues, which didn't like my doctor said I had nothing to do with my thyroid. So nobody thought of this. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and at work, we are eating like junk food upon junk food. And I am like losing weight. <laughs> and I'm like, how can this be happening? And so I told my doctor and he's like, well, you should probably check your thyroid. And boom, I had a hyperactive thyroid. And then I got, um, a thyroid uptake mm -hmm. test and they determined that I had Graves disease. So it's, it's just so crazy because I, I actually thought that I was going crazy. I was put on pills. I, like I, I was put on a, a few different like antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications. And the feeling that they gave me was just, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I did not like it. Um, it, you know, they can be really helpful for other people, but they're not for me. Um, so I searched other ways and, and what, as soon as I started taking the methimazole, um, things started looking better. Like it started helping, but I didn't feel good still. So I was like, you know what, um, they, the ultimate goal of the, the treatment was to get my thyroid completely removed. And I was like, what? I'm 23. Like I, now I'm 23. I can't have a whole body part removed, like a, a 
very important organ removed that controls my hormones and everything. I'm a woman. I need that. Right. <laughs> so um, I, I, uh, I have to do something about this. Um, and they said, well, you, you can't, like, if you avoid surgery, you have to keep taking the um, tapazole, methimazole, and um, it can cause a birth defect in a baby if you ever want to have a baby. And of course, I want to have babies one day. Um, so that wasn't an option for me either. So I'm like, you know what, I want to take this into my own hands. And I started looking for answers and I stood upon your cast and it just like changed everything. So, um, yeah, that's, that was kind of leading up to it. I, I just started doing like, there's this thing called graves rage and it's like just things that I would not normally do. And if you do like, like research on Graves disease, there's not a lot out there. Like it's mostly for hypo, not hyper. Right. Yeah. So it, it was kind of hard for me to find, um, answers, but I was like, you know what, maybe the holistic way is the way, like I've always had a low key kind of passion for, for trying to eat healthy and, and trying to be healthy, but I absolutely fell victim to the yo-yo diets. Um, and, I, another thing is I worked myself to death. So I, I always had the excuse that I never had time to eat healthy. Mm -hmm. And so things, things just built up and, and I was like, you know what, like I need to de-stress. So I was working three jobs at the time and now I'm down to one. Um, I've totally changed my priorities. Um, I wake up in the morning and my body's like, you have to feed me that green smoothie or I am not going to like you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that, that was kind of, I guess that's more than leading up to it, but Mm -hmm. I knew something was off and I, it was just like, I was put on stomach acid pills and, and then pills to deal with those side effects. And then another pill to deal with those side effects. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not taking all this medication. No way. <laughs> right. And you know, one of the things that kind of irritates me in terms of the medical world is that when, when, you know, someone as young as you gets this diagnosis, I was 18 when I got diagnosed with my autoimmune kidney disease and I could not get health insurance. They told me I was looking at dialysis or transplant in five years. And there was something intuitively inside me that said, you know, this just doesn't feel like my truth. This just doesn't feel like I can accept that as my fate. I'm going to, I'm going to see what options are out there. I know that I can find a different path. And many people, especially as young as, you know, yourself and myself, We tend to put a lot of trust in the medical system and we don't realize that we have options and there are other ways. We kind of have this false belief that, well, if the doctor says, then I guess that's the only way. And so, so many fall victim to their diagnosis. They get their diagnosis, they Google it, They read all of the symptoms, the prognosis, and then they basically set their perspective of what their life is going to look like moving forward off of this diagnosis. And for me, I refuse to believe that. I refuse to accept that as my reality. I was really scared, you know, when I was back at that time, um, when I graduated high school, I had always believed that I was an unintelligent individual, that I didn't have the capability of having knowledge and academic success. So when I didn't have the ability to go to the doctors, I was scared. I was like, uh, I'm an idiot. How am I going to figure this out? And that's when I chose to really start you know, defying my own perception of who I was and what I was capable of achieving. And back then, you know, I had to navigate the Dewey Decimal System. So that in itself was like a freaking challenge. But as I started finding books and reading books and then trying to make small changes, I started feeling better. And the reality is, I had never felt good in my life. At a very early age, I had always felt pretty bad. I had 
digestive issues at a young age. I had issues with appetite. Um, and I got put on anxiety depression medication as early as 11 years old. And I thought those were my only options. I didn't realize that these medications that I was being administered to keep me numb, to keep me kind of zombie-ish, were really part of the root cause of why I was having so much digestive issues, why I was having so much fatigue, why I couldn't sleep efficiently. So um, it's beautiful when you decide to defy the, the narrative, right? The, the normal story that we're all supposed to follow and take matters somewhat into our own hands. And full disclosure for anyone out there who is suffering, who is not feeling well, I am not encouraging you to not go to the doctor and only Google. Like that is not your, if you Google and it pulls up your symptoms that you Google, most likely you're gonna think you're dying. And then you're going to have anxiety and increased stress, and that's not going to be good for your overall health and well-being. So I do encourage everyone to go see a medical practitioner if they feel like something is off. But what I'm encouraging you is don't just accept whatever answer you get as your final fate. You still have power. There are things that you can do. And Alex is a perfect example. I myself am a good example of being able to take responsibility for our lifestyle actions. It can literally change your life. Absolutely change your life. So tell me when you got your diagnosis, um, once you got that diagnosis, like what were you thinking? What kind of changes were you considering you were going to have to make for your future? So first of all, when I got the diagnosis, honestly, it was such a relief to know that I wasn't going crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like I knew that there was something going on and the doctor was like, mm, well, it could be your stomach or it could be this. And, and, it, and I was like, no, like something's really wrong. Like it was to the point where I couldn't eat or drink anything. I'd throw up or, and, and yeah. So, um, but as soon as I, I was like, I kind of accepted the diagnosis and I was kind of going that way where I was like, okay, yeah, I guess I got to get my thyroid removed. Doctor said, blah, blah, blah. And then I have a very lovely neighbor. She owns an integrative wellness business Lucky and she, yeah, she sent me some documentaries to watch and I kind of just I don't know, something about the medical industry and, and it being almost too easy for them to suck you in. And I didn't want to be just another number in the system. I wanted to, you know, let people know that there are other ways. It's not your fate to be on medication and a zombie for the rest of your life, you know? Mm -hmm. So, absolutely. So, yeah, it took me, it took me a while, but I was like, you know what? Like I can, I can suffer my whole life or, or I can go from surviving to thriving. I love it. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Gosh, you are goals, girlfriend. I will never forget the moment when I was um, making the commitment to myself that I was going to put out this podcast. And I was thinking about what do I call it? You know, because the reality is it all starts with our thoughts. And if we have the capability of choosing to think differently, we have the ability to literally change our physiology and improve the quality of life, be able to achieve the goals, the dreams, the things that we had always hoped for. And, um, and I was like, you know, we're all just surviving right now, but surviving isn't enough. We need to be thriving. And that's when I was like, that's it from surviving to thriving. And so to hear your personal testimony, you know, to hear your story, you are the epitome of going from surviving to thriving. And you did that yourself. You did it. With your help and your wisdom. <laughs> but my friend, you are the one that took the action. You were the one that decided that you were going to commit to listening to the podcast. And then from listening to the podcast, you were going to 
evaluate certain components of your current situation and identify where there was room for improvement. That takes a lot of courage. That takes bravery. A lot of people, you know, what I, what I find as a practitioner, especially focusing on autoimmune disease, a lot of times when we get our diagnoses, it gives us a purpose, right? Like for instance, you weren't crazy. There physically was something really truly wrong with you that was diagnosable. So now you have this thing that you can attach to, right? And most of us choose to attach to it in a way that serves a negative purpose. It gives us attention. Everyone, you know, oh, poor you. Oh, gosh, you know, oh, that's so sad. Tell me about it. We get doctor appointments, right? We have to have medication. So it gives us this sense of purpose. However, we have to decide, is this the kind of purpose that I want it to serve? And if not, then we have to choose to let go of the diagnosis put the energy and effort into taking some action, thinking differently about the approach we've been told to take, and then have the courage to take that first step forward. And usually when we have the ability to do that, oh, it's like unicorns and rainbows on the other side. Most yep. days. Yep. <laughs> most days. So tell me, one of the things that you had mentioned is that through this process, through listening to the podcast episodes and having your own epiphanies, your own moments of awareness where you have ability to take action and responsibility, you have this kind of spiritual awakening. So tell me about this and how this came about. Oh my goodness. I don't, I don't even know where to begin with this. I, I think it started with inner child work mm -hmm. and, and I, it was like during yoga one night, I just like pictured myself as little Alex. And I, I was like, you know what? Like I, I had a great childhood. My parents were absolutely amazing. Um, but like you say in your podcast, trauma doesn't have to be a big, crazy thing. It can be something as simple as mom not listening for a second, right? Like it's, it's nothing crazy that they did wrong, um, but it's just like all those little things that I didn't even realize that I was holding on to and I let go. It's almost like in the yoga stretch, I released the emotion with the stress or with stretch, like I can't even describe the feeling. You probably know. I do. I do know. Yeah. I actually have chills, goosebumps, <laughs> head to toe right now hearing you tell this. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and then I, I just started doing it lots. And well, every time I did yoga, I do yoga in the morning and in the evening. And the evening is when I really like go within. And I don't know, I just, I started going within myself instead of focusing what's going on out there because it is very negative out there. Um, as I have learned, um, I, I just have this whole new outlook now and I, yeah, it's, it's just this, this awakening that there's, there's so much more out there, um, mm -hmm. than what, you know, the media says or the doctors say, or, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, something that we all have to take into consideration, especially around trauma, the reality is trauma is anything perceived as a threat. And, it, you know, from birth to seven years old, our brain, literally its main job is to keep us safe and alive. And so if our needs are not being met, and, you know, I've, I've talked about this before in my podcast episodes. Mine happened as early as nine months old in the crib. My needs were not being met. My mother was under horrific circumstances with the loss of her brother and a lot of, you know, um, dysfunction in her own personal life with parents and having to take care of siblings and being pregnant. She didn't have the energy, you know, she didn't have the ability to give me the compassion and love and nurturing in those moments. And that's where my brain got conditioned to believe that it was not worthy and deserving 
had the core fear of abandonment and rejection, which unfortunately, as an adult, all of the choices I was making unconsciously were based upon that meet that need not being met way before my consent, way before I ever had the ability to even say, hey, you know, I don't want that for me. It was already set in stone. And so I see so many people struggling. I see so many people struggling and it breaks my heart because we are taught to be victims. We're taught to have that victim mentality. Autoimmune disease is one of the biggest victim populations that I work with. Poor me, I did not ask for this. How did this happen to me? And if we can take a step back and realize that, you know what, we do have responsibility in our diagnosis. And for myself, back when I was 18, I was trying to numb out. I was a depressed, high anxiety individual who did not feel worthy and deserving of love, didn't know her purpose and place in life. And I was looking for anything to give me a fix. And at that time, it came in the form of a lot of drugs. I, you know, was using crystal meth. I was doing cocaine, any hallucinogenic I could get my hands on. I wasn't really a big drinker because alcohol, I had seen alcohol de destroy so much of my own family unit that I had like a resentment towards alcohol. But the other drugs, I didn't consider, you know, them being the problem. And I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating right. I had been addicted to sugar at a very early age. I mean, you know, when I reflect back on my diet and I think I, I would literally hide in the pantry with a five pound bag of refined white sugar with a spoon. And I would literally just be eating it out of the bowl or out of the bag. And I would be hiding from my brothers. I didn't want them to see me eating all of this sugar. Oh my gosh, it was so bad, but it was my reality. And as a result of that, my environment allowed for genetic mutations to turn on and become a full-blown disease, you know? So a lot of times when, when we're looking at um, autoimmune disease, the root cause usually is stress. It usually is unmanaged stress that suppresses the immune system puts the body into an inflammatory state that allows for the genetic mutations to turn on. I know for a fact that stress is like one of the biggest parts of my illness for sure. So talk to me, what were some of those stresses that you were experiencing at that time? Um, the perceived ones. I, I am hundred percent a worrier. Okay. So I stress about every little thing. There is not a thing that I don't stress about. Um, so I, I really had to learn to work with myself to be like, hey, you know what? And that's where the spiritual awakening really helped me because I'm like, you know what? The, the universe is going to work for me if I let it and if I listen. So that that was the biggest part of me is, is letting go of control. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. So some of the biggest stressors for me would have been the fact that I had so many jobs at once. Mm -hmm. um, money. I've never been good with my money. <laughs> I mean, I'm good with my money. I always pay my bills, but saving, forget it. Yeah. I'm great. <laughs> um, Finances is a huge trigger for myself. And that's yeah. something that I really had to work on over the last many decades. And, you know, the reality is, is that my perception of my ability to be financially sustainable was based upon what I saw growing up and the stories I heard from my grandmother and from my mother and from, you know, just witnessing things in my own house. Money was a very, very scary, uncertain circumstance. And that is what I perceived as my reality that I would always struggle 
that if I were to make money, it had to be hard. It had to be very difficult, like working three jobs in order to just make ends meet. So we really do have to first and foremost, become aware of what those stressors are. And more often than less, we don't realize the kind of stress that we're actually putting upon ourselves. We're like, no, I'm not stressed. And then you're like, well, when you think about it, you know, you're like, oh my God, I lay up at night worrying. It takes me forever to fall asleep because I'm trying to plan out and perfect every single possible scenario. And, you know, I have these perfectionist tendencies and I think that I can control every outcome. And these are the things that are contributing to keeping us in that chronically stressed state. Yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely can align with your story. I think that's part of what really drew me into you, Heather, is like literally my diet was the same as yours, like Cheetos and a bottle of Pepsi. And I would get that like at on my way to work in the morning. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was back in, I grew up in the Midwest and we had a grocery or a gas station called Huck's. And I yep. literally spend my lunch money every morning purchasing my bag of Cheetos, my Mountain Dew, my Skittles or Sprees. Those were my staples. That is what I literally lived off of. So it's like hearing your story. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that is literally me. <laughs> and so if she can do it, that must mean I can do it, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. So I want to dig in a little bit around graves. For anyone listening who really isn't very familiar with graves, there are a lot of specific nutritional things that need to be taken into consideration to help support our thyroid function, our metabolic function, and our sex hormone balance. So um, what kind of specific changes did you make with your nutrition? Um. You know what? Like honestly, I I pretty much just went from my my biggest rule of thumb is if it comes out of a box, don't eat it or limit it. If it comes from the earth, you can eat it and you can have as much as you want. Like I haven't had to portion control even once. Oh, that's beautiful. Like yeah, that's amazing. You know, the the reality is, Alex, I I hear all the time nutrition is so complicated. It's so hard. I just, I'm never going to get it. And I'm like, no, that's the diet industry tricking yeah. you into thinking that you need to keep spending billions of dollars on quick fixes that are never going to get you where you want to go. And yep. the truth is nutrition is really simple. It's really simple. Like it does not have to be as complicated as we try to make it out. And when people ask me, they're like, well, how many calories should I be eating? How many grams of protein should I be eating? Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's not about those things. It's about learning to tune in, listen to your body, be able yeah. to differentiate what your actual cues are. Maybe you think you're hungry, but really your body's trying to tell you, I'm thirsty, I'm dehydrated. And we're so disconnected, we don't have the ability to discern what these cues are. A lot of times, it's emotions. It's emotion. We're, we're bored. We're stressed. We're seeking comfort. And so once we start turning inward and being able to have the ability to listen to the body and honor what the body needs, it becomes so easy. You know, I... At my age, I laugh because I, my periods are like, what, you know, I talk to girls in their twenties and friends, my age who are already going through, you know, menopause. And my experience is a completely different experience. I am so attuned with my body. I know exactly when I'm having cravings for sugar that potentially are hormonal related. I know when I'm ovulating. I know down to the day when I'm ovulating. I don't have all of the breast tenderness and the cramping and the major mood changes and all of those things because I'm, I pretty much just show up and, and try to be 80% of the time consistent with the things that I am doing. 
But I do recognize if I tend to have one month where I'll have maybe more indulgence in sugar or alcohol, it will have a significant impact on my period the following month. I will experience cramping or I'll have heavier clotting or maybe breast tenderness. But we're taught to believe that's just your menstrual cycle, right? Like, no, it's the things that you're doing to your body that are contributing to those symptoms you're experiencing. Oh my God, Heather. Like I have not had a single period cramp in the last three months. Like, Isn't that amazing? Yep. Like, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I know so many women who have to call in to work, who have to just automatically know that there are certain days of the month that they are going to be attached, anchored to the couch with a heating pad and a bowl of Haagen-Dazs. <laughs> yep. And that's an interesting thing you say about listening to your body. Um, I like I'll eat really good, but I, I will indulge like at like once a week, like 80, 20, you know, Absolutely. Um, I, I like had a pizza. <laughs> I had like two slices of pizza and I woke up with the biggest headache. Yeah. It's well, like, yeah. I hangover. Think, yeah, it is. I mean, and the reality is it's a chemical hangover. It's, yeah. it's processed chemicals, toxins yeah. that your body is taking in and it's going, Hey man, things were going so good. I was working so efficiently. Like Things were just moving and grooving. And then you put all this junk in me and now I'm sluggish. Now I can't function as optimally. I don't like it. Yep. And I, I can't remember if I heard it in one of your episodes or where I heard it, but it's something to do with the gut bacteria. And if you feed the healthy gut bacteria, that's what they're going to crave. But if you feed it the junk food, the, bac the bacteria, the junk food, then it's going to crave the junk food. So Absolutely. I think that consistency is also a huge part. Absolutely. Consistency yeah. is key. And you know, for everyone listening, I am not a perfect person. Have I've never tried to pro pour, I can't even talk, portray that I am a perfect individual and that, you know, I don't and have indulgences. I do. I'm I'm human and that's just part of our human experience. We're lucky that we get to have the ability to eat food and enjoy food and taste different flavors and textures. Like I cherish those moments, but most of us don't cherish our connection to food. We abuse it. We put toxic food into the body that's poisoning us, making us feel bad, contributing to continuing to crave those same foods. I like to use the analogy of energy. And when we are vibrating at a very low frequency, when we're in that anxious, depressed victim state, our cells, our DNA is literally craving the same vibration to match what we're feeling. And that's typically dead food, food that has no nourishment to it whatsoever, has lots and lots of calories, has lots and lots of chemicals, but it doesn't have nourishment. And when we start nourishing our body with the higher vibing food, we find that all of a sudden our energy starts vibing higher, our mood starts vibing higher, and then we wanna maintain that. We dip that back down into that refined processed you know, pathway and we're like, ooh, I don't like the way this feels. I wanna get back here. So mentally, emotionally, and physically, the body craves the more nutrient-dense nourishment to stay in that high-vibing conscious state. But when we're putting all of this poison into the body, it's difficult to understand what's truly happening to us. So back to the bacteria thing. Um, when we're eating, you know, when we're taking in a diet that is de dependent upon processed foods, we're taking in a lot of chemicals, we're taking in a lot of artificial sweeteners, um, we're taking in dyes, we're taking in preservatives, we're taking in pesticides. And all of this has to be processed in the liver. It has to. 
And if we, if our toxic overload is great, and then we're having a lot of negative thoughts, the negative thoughts are creating more cortisol production, which then has more impact on the liver function, slowing down how fast we can clear out that cortisol. And we tend to crave higher carb, higher sugar foods because we're in an insulin resistant state. So the body perceives that it's being starved, that it needs this easy energy. So we're dumping all of this crap into the body. We can't digest it efficiently. The bacteria are using that as a food source and then they create neurochemicals that then send messages to our brains, reinforcing this whole negative feedback loop, right? So it can seem like there's no hope, like, oh my God, how do I get out of this? But there are many different approaches that we can take to start improving what we're experiencing and getting the things to line back up. So I just think it's awesome that you recognize there was room for improvement and then you were willing to take some action steps to that. Um, so let's talk about the lifestyle changes that you've made thus far. How difficult was it? How uh, consistent have you been? Let's kind of dive into the, the nuts and bolts of the things. Okay. So um, I, it's never been hard for me to wake up early in the morning. So, cause I am the number one victim of diet culture, like a hundred percent. I, and this is something I had to let go of my childhood trauma in sixth grade. Some little girl asked me if I was pregnant because I was a little bit bigger. And it's like, obviously a grade sixer is not pregnant, but like it stuck with me. Right. And so that's what put it in my subconscious forever that I have to be on these diets and I have to be skinny. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I discovered that it was the mental part of it that I had to get right first the rest of it kind of fell into place for me so it's so easy for me to um, get up in the morning because I know what I'm doing is is going to actually benefit me but I started really small like I started with just 10 minutes of yoga in the morning just to stretch I, I do half hour to 45 minutes every morning now um, but I, I light my incense, I get all my crystals, I make a whole thing of it, it's, it's amazing. Um, and I do my yoga and then I, I kind of just added things sort of over time and now it's just a routine because I knew if I changed everything right away, I'd never be able to stick with it. Um, I, then I started on with the green smoothie and everyone's like, oh, green smoothie. <laughs> it's like the stereotypical you know, for me, it's just absolutely amazing though. I thrive on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I put, I just jam pack it with all the healthy stuff. And that's another thing is I just really fell in love with food, like natural food that is grown from the earth. Like we get to eat that like pomegranates. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty. <laughs> yeah. Love it. So yeah. So part of it was just like falling in love with, with cooking and, and, making the time like you know like you can be busy but you know that that you still have the option of going to the grocery store or going to the drive-through there's always going to be prepped veggies at the grocery store <laughs> takes the same amount of time and the same amount of money and that's the reality <laughs> yes you're bringing tears to my eyes okay i'm getting very emotional here because you know, when I set out on this journey of trying to make an influence on the world and empowering people to want to make change, my journey has been a long one. And one of the main objectives with Think Yourself Healthy was really being able to share the message of the reverse engineered process that I had to go to, to be able to achieve overall well-being. And the fact that you went straight to the mindset stuff, you did that work first in order to support your ability to allow for the nutrition, for allow for the exercise, 
to be optimized. I'm like speechless here. Like I literally am so impressed and so honored, so freaking honored because that was the purpose. Like you saved my life. Like I remember sitting down and saying, if I could just help save one person from being victim to the system, if I can just help save one person learn and and know that they have the ability to create the life of their dreams, that they already have everything they need within them. It doesn't require things. It requires you understanding that you're worth it and that you have the ability to do it. I'm just, I'm so honored. Like, oh, well, it, it does feel good to, to have your support um, because there is a lot of people that have, you know, like unfriended me or don't want to have anything to do with me because they're like, you're wrong, the medical system's right, blah, 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 or you're so negative towards this. And it's like, you know what, I'm not like bashing the medical system. I'm saying that there, there are other options out there that are less harmful And, you know, like maybe I will need medication one day for something. I just don't think that I have to be put through the system for, for Graves' disease when I, I am pretty sure I'm capable of sending that shit into remission. Like, absolutely. Abso-fucking-lutely. Abso-fucking-lutely. I love it. You know, and again, I'm not here to bash the medical system, but what I am here to do is to help bring awareness that we do have other options. And unfortunately, I don't feel like that's something that we're truly taught. We're just taught nope. you go to the doctor, you get the diagnosis, they give you the medication. Here's what the outcome of your life trajectory is probably going to look like. It, at 18 years old, when they told me I was looking at dialysis or transplant in five years, I was scared. That was frightening. I thought death. Like, oh my God, this is, this means death. I'm going to be dead before I'm 25 years old. And the other things that popped in my mind were, I'm going to have to eat a very rigid diet. I'm going to have to be on medications to help keep my blood. Okay. There were so many things that I thought I was going to have to do. And by just empowering myself to make some small changes and staying consistent with them, I have bought 27 quality years on my life. They told me by 40, I wouldn't have any teeth. Do you know when you're that age, the thought of like no teeth, I had a grandfather who had um, dentures. Is that what they're called? Dentures. And when I was a little girl, he used to sit me on his lap and he would torment me with these dentures. He would take them out of his mouth. He'd put them in his hand and he'd like chop them towards Mm -hmm. his face. And I just remember that being so traumatizing. And when they're telling me that that was going to be my fate, I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, no, it's not. You know, I do not have the best teeth. However, um, I'm grateful to still have them. So, you know, um, I was able to decide that there was something different out there and then try. And, and it's all about trying. You, you at least have to, I wish more people could give the life, the holistic lifestyle approach a chance at least 90 days before they went straight to the other alternatives. Because I have a feeling that we would see a much healthier, happier society if that was the way that we chose to take action initially instead of um going the opposite direction and then just continuing to get sicker and sicker and sicker well it's just so crazy because we have the most advanced medical care system and the most sick people yes like you know let's not be another number let's try and defy these odds there's no money in healthy people right Well, and that's the truth. I mean, the reality is in America, we're consumers. We're consumers of technology. We're consumers of media. We're consumers of fast food. We're consumers of refined processed food. We're consumers of pharmaceuticals. We're consumers of recreational drugs. We're consumers of alcohol. 
We're consumers of porn. I mean, the list can go on and on and on, right? And, you know, in my opinion, these are very low vibrational things that keep us stuck in yes. our depression, in our anxiety. And so it works. The system works. Mm-hmm. We just have to ask ourselves, is this how I want it to work for me? Because if, if this is not what you want for yourself, then you're going to have to get out of the system. You're going to have to rethink the approach that we've been taught we have to take. And yeah. that's courage. Sim- or the system was never, ever for me. I never, ever fit in. And I was like, you know what? Why would I try and fit in now? I'm going to try and love it. Because- <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I want to talk a little bit um, I want to talk a little bit about graves for anyone who is listening and maybe has graves or knows somebody with graves. So when you went, did they ever talk any nutrition approaches with you? Did they tell you here is, here's what you're looking at because of this disease nutritionally that you need to take into consideration? They told me diet whatsoever would have zero impact on recovery or anything. They said, they said I could take a selenium supplement. Maybe that would help, but they said there's, there's no way there. This is, it's permanent. It's forever. You have to get this procedure done and be on medication for the rest of your life, basically. And then I started reading stories online and joined all these groups about it. And they're like, life after the thyroid ectomy or whatever it's called is absolute hell. Like it, it, less improvements than, than more. So I'm like, you know what? I don't want to have to deal with that for the rest of my life. Like I deal with enough as it is. I don't need to have another thing on top of me. Wow. Yeah. It's so it's shocking and it's not shocking because I hear so many stories like this. You know, um, again, in my circumstance, they told me there was nothing I could do. Zero. There's nothing you can do, Heather. This is your, this is what you are. And this is your fate. Unfortunately, with kidney disease, it cannot be reversed. You're, you're just going to continue to degrade. And in five years, we'll be lucky if, you know, you still have an opportunity to be here long-term. So it was frightening, but what I found was my diet had a huge impact on the way that I was feeling and the prognosis of my outcome. When I went and saw my nephrologist just a few months ago, the nephrologist was absolutely stunned. She was like, who are you? What did you do? And do you have business cards? Because I have literally thousands of patients that need you. And that was so rewarding to me to hear, you know, this, this doctor actually see and value the changes I made and then want to encourage that for her patients, right? Like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. But when it comes to graves, you know, I think that there are a lot of things nutritionally that can be done. One thing to take into consideration is that you have to have increased protein intake. You need more protein than the average person because your body is in such a high metabolic state. You are burning calories at a much faster rate. Therefore, you're more likely to start breaking down your lean muscle and using that as a way to meet your energy needs. This is where we see a lot of people have serious weight loss, it's because they're metabolizing their muscle. Their body is literally just eating itself to try and meet its needs. Um, Making sure that you're getting adequate calcium, phosphorus, vitamin D in your diet. Those are also three very important things that I had to take into consideration with my disease um, because I'm not recycling the minerals and depositing them back into my bone marrow, I have to make sure that I'm getting adequate sources from the foods that I'm eating. I try to avoid using supplementation as the fix because most supplements um, are not in their bioavailable form. And if we have issues with our 
gastric juice being in a normal state, you know, that's, that means we're not going to, we're not going to be able to metabolize these vitamins and minerals efficiently. So trying to get them through food first, um, making sure that you're reducing caffeine intake. Caffeine is huge. I quit coffee like a year and a half ago and I seen such improvements with my anxiety. Um, I, I like not jittery anymore. Um, mental clarity. Oh. It's insane. I, I don't drink coffee anymore. It yep. hurts. Yeah. That's fabulous. And I, I commend you for being able to do that, but caffeine and graves will add, it will exacerbate anxiety immensely like immensely. So one of the worst things that we can do is, you know, be on, um, be, you know, dependent on caffeine as a source of energy, or it's usually a source of energy. That was, that was my thing, Heather. Like I literally, I wake up in the morning and it's hustle fuel for my three jobs that I worked, you know, I lived on it. Yeah. Yeah. Alex, it's amazing. It's, it's so beautiful to hear your story and, and number one, to have the courage, like to be able to let go of three jobs and think that you would still be able to make ends meet, that you would actually have a better quality of life by relinquishing all of that responsibility and commitment that was overtaxing you. Oh yeah, Absolutely. You know, was it scary? Um, well, I actually, it was, it was kind of scary. Yeah. Like all those extra jobs that I had were to just kind of like, I had to make extra money for my wedding. I had to make extra money to save and had to make extra money for this. And it was like, I always never, I had this mentality, like I never had enough money. And I was like, you know what? Okay. Like just have enough money to cover the bases and have a little bit of money for yourself and just change your focus to working on yourself. And I am so glad I did. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. We can surrender when we yeah. have the ability to surrender all of the things that we think we truly have control over, which we don't, <laughs> we do not. Well, it's amazing. It's like amazing what happens. It's and it, you know, I talk about energy all the time because the reality is it all boils down to energy. We cannot, it cannot be created nor destroyed. It's just transferred. And when we're trying to control things and we're in these high anxious states, we're literally blocking our ability to receive the abundance that wants to come into our life. And a lot of times we don't recognize the forms of abundance that we're receiving. No. Can I tell about that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I, I sent you that toque in the mail, but I make them on just as kind of a side thing. It's just something I really enjoy doing. Um, but I, I had to go cause I've lost all this weight. I had to get my ring sized and I had the money set aside to do it, but then I had to spend it. And I was like, okay, where am I going to come up with this extra $60? And all of a sudden I got three orders for toques. Oh, that like, that's amazing. That's the universe delivering right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. And I haven't received it yet. So I don't want you to think that I'm like, I'm being rude. I just haven't got it. So hopefully it will be coming immediately. I was hoping to have it in Joshua tree last weekend because it was so cold. And I was like, I'll be able to get cute pics. And, <laughs> and then it snowed. It snowed. I didn't even know it really? snowed in the desert. Yeah. I was like, whoa, this in is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Um, but as soon as I get it, we've been having very cool temperatures here. So it's coming at the perfect time. And I, will make, sure, I will make sure to take a picture and then also, um, attach your Instagram account so that if anyone Aww. else is interested in supporting you, they will know where to get one. Thanks. <laughs> well, and then not only are you finding another way to financially receive abundance, but you're also finding a coping skill that helps you self-soothe, right? Absolutely. That in itself is abundance. 
I get to reduce my anxiety. I get to engage in an activity that brings me joy, fills my heart, brings me fulfillment, a sense of purpose, allows me a creative outlet. I have something tangible that I can hold and look at and be proud of. Like, oh my gosh, that's so abundant. Yeah. And part of, and that whole thing came about from my grandma. My grandma had taught me how to do that when I was a kid, how to crochet. And I had kind of just reached this point in my life. So I I went out to visit my grandma and she's like, you need to get back to doing what you like. You need to do the things that you love and, and everything will kind of work itself out. And I am so grateful for that because I think that's honestly part of what really kickstarted looking for answers and looking for ways to heal. Mm. Yeah. That's That's beautiful. Oh, you're amazing. So this new mindset that you have, you know, this new outlook on life, where do you go next? What do you see in your future? Oh my goodness. I don't even know. Like I, I, I want to, I don't know like it's it's really it's really hard to know what I want to do um I I was considering maybe a a career path down health and wellness but I don't know if I'm there yet I don't know if like I'm very passionate about my own healing and I, I want to spread the healing to everybody else I actually have my husband he's lost 17 pounds just from being around Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Congratulations. That's awesome. And in the event that you ever want to have children, you know, men need to take into consideration their eating practices, their eating habits, their lifestyle factors, because what I have found working with individuals who have struggled with fertility is that a lot of times it's also the man that is contributing to the problem, you know, of not being able to conceive. And so I think it's great that you already have him on the path to something better for for both of your futures. He's feeling great. Like he has GERD. So, Uh so he he has really bad stomach acid and, and like, ever since we've been eating like way better, like, like the the plan on the 21 days, like Uh we, we build our plates like that now and he like has not had a symptom of GERD. Oh my god that's amazing that's fabulous you know another thing I do want to talk about when it comes to GERD we do also have to consider um our you know the amount of fluids that we're taking in with our meals because a lot of times we can take in too much volume dilute the amount of enzymes that are available to break the foods down And then depending on the the content of the nutrients we're taking in, it can cause slow emptying of the stomach. So we have all of this buildup that's pushing its way back in. And then we also have to take into consideration our environment, the environment that we're eating in and how that is impacting our behavior. Because a lot of times we think that we have food intolerances. We think that we can't eat certain things anymore. And the reality is those foods have nothing to do with it. It's everything going on around you that is creating the digestive distress. So, Oh man, like, like anxiety. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Alex, I am so proud of you. I'm so grateful for you reaching out and sharing your story with me so that we have this opportunity to share it with the audience. And if there's anything I can ever do to support you in any capacity, please do not hesitate to reach out. So where can the listeners find you and follow your continued journey? Um, I, I basically just have an Instagram account. It's just my personal Instagram. Uh, it's at the mermaid skeleton. Those are just two of my favorite things. I love mermaids and skulls. I just always have. Um, so combo. yeah, I'm just trying to, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of putting my, my journey out there more on my Instagram. So, so that people who do want to follow can kind of see what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, I, it is private account. So I will accept you if you follow me. I just, 
part of that, the reason why my Instagram is private is because I really want to protect my energy, protect what I see and protect who can see me, you know? I love that. I love that. And that is so beautiful. I chose to make the decision to remove social media off of my phone starting January. I guess it was like right at the end of December. And I'll be honest with you, it was probably one of the best things that I could have ever done for myself. It's reduced my feeling of having to constantly be available and constantly having to respond. I created more structure around you know, building content, being more um, intentional with that content, and then also with my responses to others. Because, you know, when people are sending you lots of DMs, you know, it's really exciting. It's like, oh, I want to help all of these people and I want to answer their questions. But there's an immense amount of pressure and that pressure can feel overwhelming. And more often than less, we start self-betraying. We start letting, you know, letting our boundaries slip in order to meet everybody else's needs. And then in the end, we're the ones suffering and sacrificing for it. So I've learned, I'm, I'm learning how to speak Italian. I'm doing all of these other things with time. I would normally have been, you know, spending scrolling through Instagram or Facebook. And it's also less triggering. I don't get triggered as easily because I don't constantly have access to that material and information. So we really do have to think outside of the box. And I love that you are mindful and aware of your energy. You have respect for your energy. You want to protect that energy and you've taken safety precautions in order to do so. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, a, a journey so far and you know, I've got so far to go and I'm still waiting for my blood work to get done. I just got blood work done yesterday and I'm waiting for the results to see if any of these changes have reflected. I mean, I'm hoping maybe they can decrease my dose of methimazole, but I'm not going to be discouraged if they don't. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know what, like I gradually got Graves disease. I'm not going to just flip it off like, like that, you know? And that's another thing is you cannot be hard on yourself. I think that that is you have to accept yourself and where you're at and where you're going. Absolutely. 100%. And I thank you for bringing that up because that is such an important component. When you get your blood work back, if you would like to share that with me, I would be more than happy to take a look at it and see if there are potentially any kind of you know recommendations that I can help make to keep you in a more optimal state and trending in the right direction to have the ability to um, reduce that med. So, so please email me and let me know. I'm happy to gift that to you. That would, you know, be my honor to have the ability to support you there. Thank you so much, Heather. I really appreciate it. You are just amazing. <laughs> You're amazing, girl. You like literally give me life. You, you re, you know, and the reality is, listen, no, we should not look for others to seek validation, but when you have the ability to receive validation from others, it can be embraced. And I am embracing the validation that you have given me for dedicating my life journey to this purpose and sharing this work and information you make it worth the while. You know, all of those long hours of putting out free content. And I mean, you know, having a podcast is, it's time consuming. It takes a lot of work. Never did I imagine that it would have been so fulfilling. Like when I get to podcast, that's when I have the most fun. That's when I get so excited about my job and and the people that I get to meet and the stories that we get to share. It's just, it's so amazing. So thank you for everything. I truly appreciate it. Well, likewise, Heather, like you said, it, like you, you should not always seek external validation, but just having you like validate everything I'm doing, because I, I know that there are many, many people that out there that think I'm woo woo about all of this. And it's just, it just feels so good to know that I'm not to yeah. someone. You know? Absolutely. 
you found your path. And the reality is we all have different paths and we've got to stop judging one another for choosing something different because the world would be really boring if we were all just the same. And if we can let go of judgment of others and judgment of self, this world, we will be living heaven on earth. We will be living in a peace, a peaceful place of love and joy. And I feel that we are headed in that direction. We just have to keep waking more up to the ability, to their reality that they really truly do have a choice. They yeah, they do. Oh. Well, my friend, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story and spending time with us. And I look forward to watching your continued journey. And I will make sure to attach your Instagram handle so everyone can find you at Mermaids and Skeletons. Is that right? <laughs> Uh, it's just the mermaid skeleton. The mermaid skeleton. I, I'm yes. the most with Instagram handles. I'm like, I know Instagram, uh, okay. the pictures. And when someone changes their picture, I'm like, oh, where'd they go? Like, what happened? <laughs> like, oh no, what happened? So, um, again, thank you. And send me that blood work so we can take a look and, and we'll connect. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Heather. Thanks for joining us on the Think Yourself Healthy podcast. Make sure you leave a review and let me know what you think. I love reading your feedback. Come hang out with me on Instagram at Heather Duranja. And don't forget to take a screenshot that you're listening to the podcast and tag me. I love to share it. See you on the next episode.